Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries. Later on, I'll be joined by actor and gardening enthusiast Jalal Hartley. This week, we'll be talking about big onions, giant lilies and plant poetry. Our thanks to Sutton's Seeds from Torquay, our sponsor for this podcast. On an earlier podcast, I was talking about lifting begonias, gladiolus, that kind of thing and how important it was to get them dried quickly. Since then, I've had a number of letters and comments from people about Acidanthera. Acidanthera, the botanists have now renamed Gladiolus or Gladanthera. I don't know why they keep messing about with the names, but uh, Acidanthera, as I know it, is the most beautiful plant, has leaves like Gladiolus, quite a strong, thin stem, and then it arches a bit and has the most perfect white flowers with pointed petals and a really lovely freesia-like fragrance. And people have said uh, they've had a job getting them to flower. I don't understand why, unless it's the size of corn that they've been buying. You know, I nipped into the pound shop, all tempted by a bargain, aren't we, Uh, about... um, nine or ten months ago and I bought two packets of uh, Acidanthera but they were tiny and it was uh, September or October before they flowered but they were in some pretty good ground and and I've lifted them and now they're, they're really dry I can just take off all the old root and shell and I've got some corms that quite honestly are best part of an inch and a half two inches across Uh, and I'll be very interested to see how much earlier they flower but if you have got any of those uh, gladiolus type plants do just check them over now make sure that they are really dry and if the old corm hasn't come out cleanly once they're really dry it should be easy to just snap that out we were talking too about lifting begonias once they were frosted one of my very big begonia tubers is starting to rot it was really soft when I pressed one bit of it but it was big enough that I could get my penknife out and pare away the rotted bit right back down to the white hard clean part of the tuber and I think I've been able to cut all that away and will have saved it for another year. Now the other thing that uh, we need to think a bit about is the ordering of plug plants. You know the catalogues are falling through my letterbox like falling leaves. I mean there's scores of them and all kinds of lovely things that we're tempted to buy. Before you set off journeying through those pages of catalogues just have a look at the different sizes of seedling and plug plants that are available 
because you really need to adapt your order to the space you've got. If at this time of year you bought, say, a pack of uh, 30 or 40 begonia seedlings, yes, they come in an envelope very nearly at this time of year, by the time you've spaced them out and then potted them on, they'll take best part of three or four square feet and more as the leaves stretch quite quickly in April and early May. We have an offer in the TV magazine in the Sun this week for cut flower lilies. It's a pretty good price for 50 or 100 bulbs. And what I suggest some people might like to do is to get a crate. If you go to nurseries, they'll often have a black plastic crate, a bit bigger than a milk crate, that plants have come in that they don't really need to use again. And if you can lay hands on one of those, it's perfect. Or you could make something of similar size, I suppose, taking a pallet apart and making a timber trough. Needs to be about uh, nine inches deep in a perfect world and about 18 inches by two foot or a little larger if uh, you have the space. And you fill that with uh, some potting compost and then pop these lily bulbs in so they almost touch. And boy, will you have some cut flowers, I'll tell you, in not so many weeks' time. Well, if you plant those up in, say, February or March, then you'll be cutting in late June, July and early August. Some of you may have lilies that uh, flowered in containers last year, and when the pot isn't frozen... It's worth just knocking that out. Take the old compost off the top. Many of the lilies produce roots not just from the base of the bulb, but also from the stem as it emerges through the compost. And if we can have some nice fresh compost for those new roots to go out into, boy will those plants grow. I had uh, one or two tree lilies that I gave this treatment to last year put them into a much bigger pot as it happens I suppose it must have been something like 20 litre we're talking 12 15 inch diameter pot and boy they shot up over eight feet enormous things I can quite see why they call them tree lilies now if you weren't with us earlier and didn't get autumn onion sets potted or planted then the traditional time to grow really big onions is seed sown new year's day some say but if you can just get a packet of seed now and sow one or two seeds in each of quite deep cells and get those up and germinated. It's quite easy to germinate them and you'll find that they will produce some really good big onions. If you want some sort of show type stuff, then you may need to single those seedlings out once they come up so that there's just one per cell. If you just want onions for the kitchen, then you can leave them and they will grow in little clusters, two, three or four onions close together, and they'll be fine as long as you space them about uh, six to nine inches apart down the row in the garden, or you can grow them in containers. I've grown four onions in a 20-litre bag of compost, uh, some really big bulbs, uh, and they're quite easy to look after in that way. I'm joined today by an actor and star of the award-winning Horrible Histories. He's also a gardening enthusiast. It's Jalal Hartley. Hello, Jalal. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. 
Now, how did your interest in gardening first begin? Most of us started with a packet of seeds, you know. Um, my mum tells me that I saw um, uh, a lilac uh, plant and I wanted a cutting of it when I, when I was three years old and, and she took a cutting of it and that, it was always there. But I really I sort of lost track with it when I was a teenager and then um, there was this whole movement of, of uh, oh, let's grow our own, you know, it was, it was kind of hip at one point, you know, all the hipsters were doing it. And then I just sort of got addicted and now I've got, <laughs> it's weird, it's sort of like the gardening's doing me now. And how much time do you spend in your garden then, do you think? Actually, because it's been so mild this winter, I've actually still been doing about 30 minutes a day. Because there's always stuff to do, and they're picking up leaves and, you know, tidying stuff up and checking for pests and... Uh, annihilating slugs and (laughs) (laughs) well i find that if i go out the time just disappears i go out to do one job and on the way to do that i find another one and going to get a tool to do that other one i see another job and before you know where you are it's dark yeah that's it you always spot something that's calling out to you i'll just do just do that and then I find that this time of year a really powerful head torch lets you garden to, well, I don't know, midnight. You can, you can probably, with, with, with a hot cup of bovril, you can, uh, <laughs> you, you can keep going. <laughs> do you know you're not, you're not alone? One of the Prime Minister's wives used to do that, had a miner's helmet with a lamp on. I'm just trying to think. I can't think of her name for the minute. Uh, um, I must get one of those because with LED lights, they must work pretty well. Yeah, they're very powerful now. And um, you can see the slugs glistening. A very good idea. I must have a go at that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I'd, I'd love to get uh, some um, Indian runner ducks because apparently they, they love eating slugs. And now I can tell you a story about that. Go on. My grandfather, who I gardened with, he was a fishmonger, as it happens, in Chiswick and mm. earned enough money to retire. In his garden, he had a problem with slugs eating his peas. And somebody in the village said, oh, you want to get some ducks? And he had some ducks, and he let the ducks into the garden, and they ate the peas. (laughs) (laughs) So so I think you might have to go a bit steady with the ducks. I'm I'm hoping he ate the ducks. (laughs) I'm sure he did. (laughs) Now, now I understand that that you're uh, a bit interested in our strawberry. Just add yeah. cream. I'm really interested in, in just add cream because I, I know like a, a couple of years ago that there were quite a few pink uh, flowered strawberries coming up. And they got the pink by crossing it with Potentilla. Now, yeah. as it happens, we've got a signature tune with uh, Potentilla, top and bottom of this programme. My thanks to Tony Bremner for that great composer. Um, but the, the quality wasn't very good when they first got the pink colour in the petals. But now the quality is really quite remarkable. You know, they've just worked really? away at that, yeah. And the taste is supposed to be amazing. The, the, the taste is uh, towards the old alpine wild strawberry, you know, so it has okay. a really good strong flavour of strawberry, yeah. if you get my meaning, but yeah. it's also sweet and juicy, you know, because the alpine strawberries, I think, are like chewing straw dust. They've got all those, you know, rather difficult seeds. There were a number of us, I don't know, about 15 or 20 journalists at uh, the Thompson Morgan trial grounds in Ipswich last July, and and they handed round a couple of punnets, and, I mean, everybody was just over the moon. I haven't grown them yet in my garden. How how big is your garden? Well, it's actually, it's all containers. So I've got um, a front balcony, a, a back balcony, and a large roof space. 
this strawberry is made for you. It's yeah. best in containers because as well as the main plant flowering and fruiting, it produces runners that trail over the edge and they have pink flowers and they fruit. And so for two or three years, you should have a cascade of fruit and strawberries. But what else do you grow then in containers? Oh, well, I've got about um, 350 varieties of things growing. So there's a lot there. But this year, I've, I've sorted a load of seeds of, of edible things that nobody's really grown. Well, some people are growing them. But things like uh, skirret and uh, a lot of crossberries like celtus, which is a, a cross between celery and lettuce. And um, Do you like that? I mean, uh, they're quite different. Skirret is... is Goodness, you're going back into the dark ages. That used to medieval, be medieval, isn't it? Yes, a really old plant. That is, I've not tasted that. Celtus, I've grown. It's just like a, a fairly loose cos lettuce. Uh, I'm not it, sure it, that I could detect the celery flavour as much as I should have done. But uh, <laughs> I'll be interested to hear your comments. Well, I'll grow celtus, and, and you grow the um, the strawberries, and we'll have a taste test. <laughs> I must ask you about horrible histories. Oh, yeah. It's won several children's BAFTAs, I believe. Uh, uh, yes, we won a BAFTA at, at the most recent kids' BAFTAs, so uh, that was rather exciting. Yeah. Should I be watching Horrible Histories? Um, well, the new series is on in March. Uh, it, it's bigger and better than ever. For those people who haven't watched it, it is a sketch show all based on um, uh, historical truths, but all, all the revolting, disgusting, um, insane, silly bits of history. But um, I, I've actually learned much more history uh, doing that than I ever did at school. And, and I think um, it's also geared for adults. It's on CBBC. There's lots of exciting stuff. And they're all specials about explorers and rotten rulers and all that business. And is my producer correct in saying that you're going to do a gardening YouTube piece? I'm thinking of doing a YouTube channel, yeah. I can't really decide what to call the channel. I'm either going, tell me what you think either elegant sufficiency or elegant self-sufficiency or Armageddon Garden, because Armageddon is probably... <laughs> Armageddon Garden. If the Armageddon happens this year, you know, judging by 2016, it could be this year, but it would be nice to sort of uh, have an online resource where you could uh, grow your own stuff and, and survive the nuclear winter or whatever, you know, zombies or... Just <laughs> <laughs> being so cheerful as keeps you going. Well... <laughs> I have thought about digging my own Anderson shelter and go back to World War Two in the corner of my garden, but I didn't quite see Armageddon yet. Well, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> hey, you know, if you get uh, sweet corn seeds, you can grow them in the dark into um, into long shoots and then and then fry them. <laughs> Apparently, there's enough there's enough energy in them to to actually produce. Uh, quite a bit of vegetation before they sort of run out of steam if, yeah. if you put them in the dark. Well, if you have all this energy, what about football? They tell me that you, you used to have a podcast on football. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be in a podcast called The Dream Team Podcast. Um, and before I started, I wasn't a football fan, but now I'm a committed Watford fan. That was the team that was allocated to me. And now it's weird. I can't, I've totally joined at the hip with Watford. Well, I'm a Leicester City supporter. Are you? Because in 1947, my uncle, who was a barber, got two tickets for the cup final when they played Wolves. And so I went with my dad. And it was fantastic. All that community singing and bands yeah. and 
and then it, 22 morons came out and ran all over the grass, tearing up the most perfect turf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the boring bit when all the people come on and kick the football, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a question for you. Yes? I've managed to get hold of a raised bed, but there's a tree next to it, and once that's in bloom, the raised bed is in shade the whole year. I want to grow some veg in it. Anything that's leafy. Okay. Spinach, the oak leaf lettuce, you know, the open lettuce. Mm -hmm. uh, French beans would do pretty well. Uh, several of the soft fruits, you know, red currants, uh, gooseberries, uh, they would all do in those sort of conditions. Uh, so any anything that's leafy. Don't, don't okay. go for stuff that wants a lot of sunshine like sweet corn or aubergines. Be a okay. good place to grow some parsley too. Put parsley around the edge, make a very pretty raised bed. Thank you. Yeah, I well, look forward to that. Now, from the contacts I'm getting from you, there's no question. Listeners to uh, our podcast are a very intelligent lot, and I think perhaps it's time I raise the standard with just a, a little verse and poetry. And I've got this uh, poem which came from uh, Pam Marden. Charlie's Exhibit, it's called. I met old Charlie up the road and stopped me to chat and we talked about the weather and a bit of this and that. And then before I trotted off, I said, Charlie, please remember, the autumn show will soon be here, 11th of September. Well, mate, he said, as you well know, for years I've all showed suffering in most every class of vegetables I've grown. But this year your committee will have to help me out. Of course, I shan't be showing green stuff, nor a carrot, without doubt. In the middle of that show hall, I'll exhibit something new. Mark my words, they'll come and see it. I bet there'll be a queue. You come up my allotment just before it's time to go and collect this here exhibit for the Riddle Autumn Show. We'll hold a bag, a pinch of salt, with hands all nice and steady. We'll sit amongst the cabbages and both be at the ready. And when we see it coming, we'll both pounce out and grab it, because all of my exhibits are inside that damned old rabbit. Our thanks again to this week's sponsor, Sons of Torquay. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.